Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Balanced Black Girl. I'm your host, Les, and I'm so happy to have you here today. It's book club March, and we are celebrating new books written by Black authors all month long. We featured Clarkisha Kent, author of Fat On, Fat Off, Chrissy King, author of The Body Liberation Project, and today I'm joined by LaVon Briggs, author of the new book, Sensual Faith, which drops today. With LaVon, the resume is long. The credentials are long. In addition to now being a published author, she's an Emmy Award winner, a body and sex positive womanist, preacher, and speaker. She is the host of the Sensual Faith podcast and co-host of Sanctified, a faith-based Spotify exclusive podcast on Jamel Hill's Unbothered Network. She's a spiritual life coach and TEDx speaker. She's been featured in Essence, Cosmo, Rolling Stone, and the Washington Post, to name a few. I absolutely adore LaVon. This is her second time coming on the show and just seeing her and getting to know her over the past couple of years and getting to witness the incredible ways she uses her gifts and just shines so bright and shows up so fully is beyond inspiring. In this episode, we talk about decolonizing our faith, building our spiritual team, navigating our personal evolutions, and so much more. This conversation is full. It is rich. After we finished recording, I was in the best mood. I was just on cloud nine because I felt so uplifted and encouraged and nourished by this conversation. And I hope you do as well. So let's chat with LaVon to celebrate the launch of her new book, Sensual Faith. We are live. Welcome back to Balanced Black Girl, LaVon. I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so excited to be back. It was October 2020, girl. That's what I was going to say. Fall of 2020 was the last time you were here on the show, and a lot has happened since then. Two and a half years. It's felt like two and a half decades, but we're we're here, beloved. (laughs) We made it. We made it this far. (laughs) Hilarious. Well, I'm especially excited to be sitting down with you today because today, the day this episode is going live, your mm. book, Sensual <gasps> Faith, is launching. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Like, this was okay. So, fall 2020, I had gotten my agent mm-hmm. and I was in limbo because I found out in August that she wanted to sign me. 
And around that time, she was like, okay, girl, I have to tell you something. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's dropping me. And it was actually that she was starting her new, her own agency. Amazing. And so we had to wait until January 1st, 2021. And mm-hmm. so then I got my deal in 2021 and we've been submitting manuscripts and editing three rounds for all my writers and authors out there, child. Just it's a process. It's a long process, right? It's extremely long. Yeah. I had no idea the publishing industry was notoriously slow. And yeah. then when you throw the chaos of the pandemic into the mix, mm-hmm. like there were so many release dates that were getting pushed because folks didn't have paper to print the books on. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. So my date was actually supposed to be September 2022. Then it got pushed to January 2023. And now officially, well, at the time of this recording, we're in advance. But today, honey. Yes, yes. It's here. It's My here. baby is here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. How does it feel to have just this beautiful piece of work that you put so much into coming out into the world? You know, when I was creating it, I was writing it for the past versions of myself, Mm -hmm. the parts of me that I was healing in 2019, in 2015, right? In 2012. And so to have this composite of stories and lessons and applications, and I'm just giving it out to the world. In the words of Bishop Erica Badu, now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm Mm -hmm. sensitive about my shit (laughs) because it's so personal. Like these stories are so personal and at the same time universal. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I'm most excited about seeing my work out in the world are folks seeing themselves in my story, seeing their stories mirrored, seeing how did you know? You told my story better than I did. Girl, you in my journal. Like, yes, honey, because <laughs> we're all a part of each other. So yes. I'm really, really excited for that. Yes, we're all connected. I love what mm-hmm. you said about our ability to see ourselves in one another's stories, because sometimes yeah. when we're going through things, we can feel very alone or we can mm-hmm. feel like we're the only ones experiencing something. Oh and there's God. so much comfort in knowing that you have a sister, even if it's from afar, who can relate to how you're feeling. Even on your worst day, beloved, you are still worthy of love. And there is someone who has gone through what you're going through. And there is someone who's going to go through what you're going through. So depending on your vantage point, you're either going to learn from someone else's wisdom or someone in the future is going to learn from yours. And what my work aims to do, what I do, you know, I don't want to externalize it from myself. But what I aim to do is to co-create space that you declare safe for you to Mm -hmm. say, here is my biggest, baddest, boldest self. And you know what? Here are the parts of myself that don't go in the Instagram bio, the parts Mm -hmm. of myself that I'm not as proud of. And those parts are just as worthy of love, care, Mm -hmm. compassion, and tenderness as Mm -hmm. the bright spots, quote unquote. So the more we can create those spaces for ourselves, the more healed we get, the more liberated we get. And that's what I'm about, girl. (laughs) I feel like I had a piece of me that just healed hearing you say that just now. Mm. (laughs) There was some healing in that sentence for us. So thank you. You're worthy, beloved. I see you. Yes, yes. Something that I've been thinking a lot about, and maybe it's because it's content that I've been seeing a lot, just being on a platform like TikTok, where a lot of the user base Mm. is a little bit younger, seeing a lot Mm -hmm. of young women, (laughs) particularly in their kind of late teens going into their 20s and wanting to create a little bit more of a 
almost like big sister message of like, mm-hmm. I know you're going through this right now and yep. it will be okay. Not because your your 30s or your 40s or whatever are better or right. drastically different from your 20s, but because you get this perspective and you learn how exactly. to deal with things. And the hard things that you go through when you've survived other things, you realize mm-hmm. that you will get through it. Exactly. First of all, you have such a beautiful voice. I know you hear that all the time, but I feel (laughs) so soothed. Oh, (laughs) thank you. you. Um, But yes, shout out to the big sisters. I take big sister privilege all the time. I don't care Mm -hmm. if I'm at an artist talk or a podcast recording. If I'm sensing that there's a message that needs to be channeled in that moment, I know that it's coming from the best place, right, of wanting to offer guidance and uh, affirmation and things like that. But I remember who I was in my 20s and how Mm -hmm. all over the place I was and how chaotic it felt. And I was just looking for some kind of centeredness, groundedness, right? And so like, I really like what you said, Les, about it's not that it necessarily gets better. You get wiser and more clear about who the fuck you are, who you're not, all the shoulds, are replaced by coulds and you lean into this identity of, well, is it worth my energy? Is this bringing me joy? Mm -hmm. Is this bringing money or an orgasm to my doorstep? Yes, exactly. Those are the questions you start to wonder about as you get older. And I (laughs) found in my experience that the older I get, the easier it is for me to say, I am centering myself in this questioning. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not for me serving other people. This is for me pleasuring myself. Yes. Yeah. We, let's talk a little bit more about pleasure and the importance mm-hmm. of pleasure and why it's something that should be prioritized in all contexts. That can be yeah. from a sensual standpoint. That can be mm-hmm. just eating food that you like that gives Hello. you pleasure, music that you like, experiences you like. Mm-hmm. Why is pleasure so important? Oh. The way that you started smiling, just talking about pleasure, that's why it's important, (laughs) right? It's an embodied experience and channel. And so when I was doing a keynote lecture in Minneapolis, I talked about the pleasure principle, which is like my signature talk. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to talk about sensuality for Black women. And I love talking about that. But in this particular instance, we actually did a talk back where I got to do a Q&A with the audience immediately after the lecture, which is not something that always happens. So I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And one of the women who stood up to ask me a question was in her late 30s. She was a mom of four boys. And she testified about how when her last son left for college, literally the next morning she woke up to make breakfast and she couldn't figure out how to make her eggs. She stood at the stove and she was like, well, I don't have to scramble them for Josh and I don't have to fry them for my husband. How do Mm. I like my eggs? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What do I want? Oh, wow. And I'm like, girl, if you don't know if you like scrambled, over easy, hard boiled omelet, right? How are you going to know? Yes, this boundary is what I need. Yes, this salary is what I need. Yes, this maneuver with my clitoris is what I need, right? It starts Mm -hmm. with the simplest things. And then that grows into these beautiful personal frameworks that we have for living our life. So when I talk about pleasure, yes, absolutely sensual and sexual, but also 
tangible and practical. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. What kind of flowers do you like? Mm-hmm. What kind of essential oil fragrances turn you on? Right? Yeah. Pleasure is is a holistic experience for me. What I appreciate so much about that example is it goes to show how something that can seem really small can actually lead to really big breakthroughs. Like yeah. I, I could imagine that that was a big aha moment for that woman for something mm-hmm. as small as how do you like your eggs cooked? Is <laughs> That's huge. And sometimes it can be tempting to think that in order to have a shift in perspective or to take mm-hmm. these steps towards healing, it has to be some big monumental that's good, stuff. But mm-hmm. the little stuff can teach us a lot too. Yeah. I mean, what is a big shift, but a series of smaller shifts, right? Mm-hmm. When I think about life, life is a series of smaller executive decisions, right? I don't yeah. use a lot of corporate language, but <laughs> when, I, when I was 31, getting ready to graduate from Yale Divinity School, I had a conversation with a mentor adjacent presence in my life. And she was like, LaVon, you're 31 years old. You need to make an executive decision. And if you don't like that decision, make another one. Mm-hmm. And no one really told me What do you want to do, woman, right, until that moment? And I'm 31. Mm -hmm. Everything is about who are you called to serve? How are you going to show up in the world? What are you going to start, found, launch, right? Yeah. (laughs) As opposed to what do you want? Yeah. You know? How do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. That's so good. And especially for the manifestation girlies where we're always talking about you have to embody the emotion, you have to feel it, you have to emote, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like getting in tune with your sensual self and what pleases you is going to effectively, right, get you into a mode where you're like, yes, that feels good. And no, that doesn't feel good. And sometimes feeling the not good is more important than feeling the good. Not Mm -hmm. because I want you to suffer. Listen here. (laughs) Suffering, uh, the deification of suffering, many of us were raised in the church with, where it's like, you got to suffer in order to show you're a good person of faith, right? I don't subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. But I will say that those moments come to say, look at this, pay attention to this. This doesn't feel good. Don't ignore this, right? And let's make the adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk a bit more about that? What you just said about (laughs) how oftentimes in our faith, there Mm. is this emphasis on suffering and there is this righteousness in suffering. And if you're not suffering, you're not doing it right. (laughs) That is so hard to unlearn. (laughs) It is, it is. And the way that I went about releasing that is mm-hmm. by taking a step back from the weight of the church, right? Yeah. And faith and religion, especially Christianity. Mm-hmm. Because for those of us who were raised in the Black church, and even those who weren't, who have been touched by the teachings, right, of some mm-hmm. Black churches, it becomes ingrained in the social fabric of your being, right? Yeah. And so we have to honor the fact that for many of us, the Christian upbringing that we received was steeped in colonialism and patriarchy, sex misogyny, misogynoir, homophobia, queerphobia, transphobia, right? And so when you are learned in an ideology that throws God on top of it and you are not what that thing is, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're in a constant ongoing battle and war. And so it becomes perfunctory and performative. Well, since I am horny, 
I must be sinful. I need to shame myself, shrink myself, right? Punish myself because God is going to punish me mm-hmm. if, if I don't do it. And so mm-hmm. it's very warped, right? And I want you to know that it's not in your head. Yeah. <laughs> You're not making this up. Mm-hmm. This is from really poor things teaching and preaching and 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 coming from a place of wanting to control women and yeah. so know that God is a God of love and light and liberation mm-hmm. and God does not need you to suffer to prove yes. your devotion to God Whew. <laughs> we got to let that part sink in for a yeah. second let's take a deep cleansing breath take a big inhale in and hold it and exhale audibly out of your mouth <sighs> Do that every time you need to, child. One of my favorite, because I read tarot and oracle cards, Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite decks has a card about breath. And it Mm -hmm. says, the rhythm of your breath directs the rhythm of your life. Mm. So even when all hell is breaking loose and you don't know up from down, you can come back to your breath. Now, if you're asthmatic or something, I apologize. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) I'm not trying to be ableist, (laughs) right? Um, But if you are able to like take that breath and just come back to yourself, remind Mm -hmm. yourself you're safe, you're grounded, it'll work itself out and just get through that second. (laughs) Mm. Second by second, child. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful grounding statement. Mm-hmm. Yes, Thank you. Yes. Let's have some real talk for a moment. On this show, we talk about tools that help you feel your best, practices like meditation, journaling, movement, reflection. And as amazing as these tools are, sometimes taking care of your mental health requires a little more support. And it is 100% okay if that support comes in the form of medication, if that's what you need. At ForHers.com, you can get access to real medical providers who can prescribe trusted anxiety and depression medication if it's right for you. The process is 100% online, including unlimited check-ins, provider messaging, and support along the way. Plus, to make things even easier, you can get your first month of treatment for just $25 if prescribed. To get started, go to ForHers, F-O-R-H-E-R-S.com slash spring. That's forhers.com slash S-P-R-I-N-G. Offer only available if prescribed. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Subscription is required and additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Along the same lines is what we were talking about, and I know that a lot of what you talk about in the book is related to this as well, is this almost separation between the idea of the spirit and the flesh and how we're kind of taught to have those two things be at odds with Mm -hmm. one another. Can we talk a little bit more (laughs) about that and about how that way of thinking can impact us in ways Mm -hmm. we may not want and why it's okay to embody both. Mm -hmm. You know, a really long time ago, there was a Greek nigga named Plato. (laughs) Plato (laughs) philosophized that the body and soul were separate. Mm -hmm. And I, for one, am unconvinced of dualism. 
Mm -hmm. Right. Yet so much of the church teaching that I got was steeped in it. And we can go even further in saying not only that the body is bad and the soul is good, but that the body is related to blackness, which is related to evilness and sit like. So now we're racializing Mm -hmm. this. Right. So as a black girl or a black woman, you're hearing this and it's affecting your psyche. And so it was a gross, not perversion. It was a gross acquisition of some very faulty thinking from a man who was a part of a culture that was pilfering from Egyptian scholars in the first place. Mm -hmm. So now as African descended women, right, we are privileging a voice that was colonizing (laughs) Mm -hmm. the original voices. Mm -hmm. So we got to go back to the original voices and see, well, what were they talking about? And so when I started to study the historical Christ figure and learned that he was actually North African, I was like, okay, so now we're talking about Africa. So now we're talking about African spirituality, very Mm -hmm. decolonized, very liberated, right? From colonized Christianity. And so it was important for me to go back and look at what ancient African spirituality, and I would add parenthetically, ancient indigenous wisdom Mm -hmm. would tell me about who I am as a Black spiritual woman. And I learned that my body is considered sacred because everything is considered sacred, Mm -hmm. that there's no separation between the sacred and the quote unquote secular, right? That that does not exist. Something that is profane does not exist in an African-centered spiritual belief system. Mm -hmm. And so that told me that my body is good as it is, that my breasts are holy, that my hips are holy, my uterus is holy, right? Like Mm -hmm. all the parts of my body, we can say the anatomically correct names for, Mm -hmm. (laughs) are good and holy just as they are. So that has been completely life-changing for me. Mm. That is life-changing for me just (laughs) to hear that. And just that emphasis on the good. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much good. good. Yeah. We can't really grow up learning about a good God, right? Mm -hmm. And we're taught that we are created by God. So how is a good God going to create anything that's not good? It just doesn't make sense when you think about it. But lots of systems, family, church, society, and beyond don't often encourage young Black girls to question and interrogate and wonder because if I can control your mind, I can control your body. Yeah. And if I can control your body, then, hey, I'm going to get you to do just about anything I want you to do. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. That's such a good point. This almost kind of vilification of our bodies when it's mm-hmm. like our bodies, all they're trying to do is survive, stay at homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And Hello. reproduce. Now, the second one, that's a little, you know, that's, that, that depends <laughs> on where you're at, what you're doing. Right, you don't right. Need, you know, that's the, everybody's own thing. But right. truly, that's all our bodies are doing. They're not this, like, evil thing. They're literally right. trying to stay alive and mm-hmm. keep humans going. That's all exactly. our bodies are doing. <laughs> when I think about our bodies, I'm thinking about divine design. Yeah. I'm thinking about how we can stub our toe and mm-hmm. be like, oof. Right. And our nerves are working, how we can get a paper cut and it's so tiny and that sucker will hurt like hell. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about 
the science of it, how the blood platelets and red blood cells rush to the area that's been cut, right? Yeah. And just like how everything works together so that we heal and restore ourselves. Yeah. If that is how our physical reality manifests, mm-hmm. how much more is our spiritual reality mm. supposed to manifest when the woundedness shows up? Because when I'm talking to Black women, I know woundedness mm-hmm. is in the room. Right. When the woundedness does show up, where are the red blood cells? Where are Mm -hmm. the platelets rushing from? It's not from toxic ideology masquerading as theology, telling Mm -hmm. us that we need to keep our legs closed, that if you have sex before marriage, you're going to hell, that good girls don't give head. Like who who does that serve? Right. Right. There's a queer theologian named Zan West who always asks, who does it serve for you to believe it this way? Yep. I love it ain't that us. question. Yep. I it ask myself us. that all the time with certain beliefs or things that may pop into my head or things that I think I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, who's benefiting from this? Mm-hmm. Who's benefiting from this? Whether it's an old belief that I have or something mm-hmm. that I'm being like influenced to do. Right. I'm constantly asking myself, who's benefiting? And sometimes the answer is when we ask that, mm. we may not like it. <laughs> mm. We may not. But then when you know the answer, mm-hmm. You know what you have to do, mm-hmm. but knowing what you have to do and actually doing it are yeah. two different things. And that's where yeah. the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And that's where community comes into play. Mm-hmm. In my belief system, that's where my spiritual team comes into play. And I'm like, give me the strength and the grace and the compassion to take this next step. <laughs> that if I know I do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are going to be some people who are very upset with me. There are going to be some people who I have been used to serving and pleasing and protecting. And when that tap turns off, they're going to be parched and they're going to be pissed. (laughs) (laughs) And I find that that's really what we get to shore ourselves to face. It's not necessarily the fear of the growth of what's on the other side of that for ourselves personally. It's how those closest to us, Mm -hmm. how the ripple effect and how the world is going to view us when we start living into our truth. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, it took me some time, honey, not to give a damn, but we- hard. It is because, you know, we're raised to be good girls and straight A students and Mm -hmm. never have to worry. Like my mom told me once- (laughs) I never have to worry about you, LaVon. You always land on your feet. I said, mm. absolutely not, mm. Merlene. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need you to worry about mm-hmm. me. I need you to check in on me. Yeah. Child. Yeah. So, yeah. And I do have people who check on me, but it's just one of those things when that's the expectation. Right. You have to be the one to reject that and teach people a new narrative. Right. And the weight of that, because so many of us have heard variations of that from the time mm. we were very young and we're still carrying that. One of my friends, Josh Odom, he posted (laughs) a tweet talking to all of the tag kids, the talented and gifted kids (laughs) who went to magnet schools. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where in grade school, right, we were crowned and identified and separated from the group. And you're the talented 10th. And just wait a minute. I want to go to recess. Like, right. why am I in? <laughs> why am I dissecting this pig at three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon? <laughs> so that even makes me think less of how critical it's been for me 
to play more mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to center my inner child yes. on those days and be like, girl, what you want? You want a happy meal? Okay, yes. my trainer is going to be pissed, but I am elated. So I'm going to yes. go <laughs> get you yes. a happy meal, you know, stuff like yes. that. <laughs> Liv, I love that you said that because just yesterday I went to this um, event where we created vision boards and we, Mm -hmm. you know, did our words of the year and stuff. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the word that popped into my mind was play. Like I just want to play and I also Mm -hmm. just want to have more playful energy in what I do and just not be so serious all the time. Exactly. And you know what you got to do? You got to get outside of your head for me. Actually, let me not put that on you, child. What I do, let me use eye language. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you though. We need to. Okay, I say, hey man, I just you know that should work gets on my nerves. Okay, mm-hmm. it irks me. So I'm hey, I'm still learning how to loose it from my mm-hmm. lexicon. But there was a time towards the end of 2022 where I was like, you know what? The next time there's a viral rap challenge, I'm gonna write for one. And yes. so when I saw one posted. <laughs> I wrote for it and yes. I was like practicing for like a day and I called like six of my friends on FaceTime. I was like, y'all, this is what's going on. Listen, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I had so much fun doing it. Now, if I had been like, people going to say, oh, she thinks she's a rapper. She's trying to rap. LaVon, you're a pastor. You're a priest. I don't care. Right. This was yeah. fun. And I had so much fun fun. And I got yes. a great response from people too. So I'm going to keep yes. doing it. And this is like, you just never know what you can do until you try, you know? Yes. I love that example of just doing something because it seems fun and you enjoy exactly. it. Period. Like no not, other objective. Not because you're going to get credits, not because you're going to get the certificate, not mm-hmm. because you're going to, right? Like when was the last time you got to do something for you? When was the last time you read for pleasure? Mm-hmm. Not for a class, not for a workshop, Right. Yeah. But just for you, not even for a book club. Now, this is a book club podcast episode. (laughs) You know, somebody chose the book. Somebody said, this is what we're reading. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe you picked it up on your own volition. But that was actually how I started reading more novels because, you know, in 2020, everybody was reading the Black people's nonfiction, how to be anti racist and equity and equality. I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to read a novel. And the funny part is, actually, that's a lie. Let me back up. I said I wanted to read something by Pearl Clegg. Let me be specific. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the book that I picked up was a memoir. Mm. And I didn't know it was fiction until probably 40% of the way through the book. Mm-hmm. The whole time I thought she was talking about herself mm. <laughs> before I realized, <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> this is a character. Yeah. But when I tell you that I still got deep revelations from mm-hmm. this text mm-hmm. that I quoted just like I would bell hooks. Yes. Right? I was just like, ah, this is what I needed. But this text helps me to dream mm-hmm. instead of lament. I feel like yes. when I'm reading nonfiction, I'm lamenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But this fiction was like, oh, this is possible. You know? And I yeah. want more of that. Yeah. What's possible? Ugh. I love that. I had such a similar experience. I started reading romance novels at the end of 2021 yes! and just got super <laughs> into it. And it, I hadn't enjoyed reading this much since I was a kid. I obviously wow. wasn't reading romance novels as a kid, but it just, it became something that I could just kind of escape into mm-hmm. and learn these characters and get immersed in a world and not have an objective. It's not personal development. Right. It's not something right. else I need to work on. I just enjoy it. 
Exactly. You don't always have to be working on something. Like, like I think that's so important for Black women. Mm-hmm. Every day doesn't have to be, oh, what was me? I'm healing now. Like, yeah. you know, it could just be, oh, that was that was nice. I like yeah. that. And that's yeah. a boop, little yep. drop in your healing bucket, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have a favorite romance novel? That's a good question. I don't. I mean, I've mm. read a few series that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've yet found like my my perfect romance novel yet. The first okay. one that I read that got me into the genre was mm-hmm. Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, which Cute. is a good book, but it also does have some like black trauma elements in oh, it no. that um, I didn't when I saw people talk about it online, they didn't mention that. And so when Eek. I shared that I read it, I mentioned like, Good just so you. you know, these are, yeah. here's some content warnings <laughs> because it can kind of catch people off guard. So those elements are not my favorite mm-hmm. when I'm reading fiction, um, but I it agree. was a good, good entry into the genre. Girl, I so agree. One of my good friends posted about some series that was on um Netflix, I think. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it was giving me kind of whimsical, like that movie Dope. Mm. Do, you, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. Was that, like yeah. 10 years ago? Yeah. Uh, it made five to 10. Five to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be like hip hop oriented. Da, 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 and then like within the first three minutes, I see a police car. So I paused <sighs> it and I text her, well, DM'd her. And I was like, girl, is this about? And she was like, yeah. I was like, absolutely not. Mm-mm. I refuse. I don't watch any videos, any art. I, yeah. I left the, the slavery movies alone. Yeah. I left the civil rights m- movies alone. I left the police brutality movies alone. You're just not about to damage my psyche like that. Yeah. Like it's, I want to see other stories. And that's mm-hmm. really, you know, the the big dream. Yeah. It's yeah. for me to launch Beloved Media Group, which would yes. be a spiritual hub of Black storytelling where Amazing. from conception to creation, we tell stories that have nothing to do with slavery or the civil rights movement. So yeah, girl. Because there's so many stories to So be told. many. Like, I'm looking at these cues for these streaming networks and I'm mm-hmm. like, y'all are piecemealing these ridiculous concepts when there are beautiful, brilliant, bold, transformative <laughs> storytellers yes. who are just waiting for a check. That's mm-hmm. really all we need is time and money to create. We don't need we exactly. don't need no more incubators. Yep. We don't need any more accelerators, pitch contests. If it's good enough to pitch, it's good enough to fund. Okay. That's that how I feel. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about it. Listen, that. that could be a whole episode right there. <laughs> oh, listen, let it be one girl. <laughs> a whole episode. But I love that. I love that that idea. And I'm excited to see that come to life. Thank you. Cause even as you were talking about you know, um, what was it? Seven days in June, mm-hmm. you said? Yeah. So I'm listening to West Side Love Story mm-hmm. on Audible. Mm-hmm. And it's about a Mexican girl, woman, mm-hmm. who's in a mariachi band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like West Side Story. Mm-hmm. So these two feuding families, they're not supposed to fall in love. And obviously they do. Yeah. But the backdrop of it is gentrification mm-hmm. and ice raids. And and I was like, wait, hold. Mm. So it's not just black women, right? It's brown Mm -hmm. women. It's women Mm -hmm. of color. Like I have a feeling if there were something about like someone who's of indigenous descent or someone who's of native descent, like there might be something about pipelines and water and Mm -hmm. right. Just the fact that we 
are surviving and thriving as well as we are with all of that, insert chaotic hand gestures here going Mm -hmm. on, is proof that we are a deeply beautiful and magical bunch. But we are also deeply human and, Mm -hmm. and deserve to have spaces where we can reset and rejuvenate because Black girl magic is often fueled by Black girl trauma. Mm -hmm. And we need not be parading, right, our pain in an effort to make a coin. Yep. Even in the places where we're supposed to be imaginative and storytelling, we're still going back to the trauma. Like, I Mm -hmm. want more for us to just breathe and be. Yes. And evolve. Just that pure existing. Exactly. Thriving while existing. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) More of that and more of those stories. I can't Mm -hmm. wait. More of joy, more of whimsy, Mm -hmm. right? More of wonder. Mm -hmm. I feel like wonder, I turned 40 last year and I'm in a place where I am curious about who I'm going to be next. Not because I'm striving to be here. I'm thrilled with where I am for all its joys and all its pains, right? My story is my story. My journey is my journey. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at 40, I'm just getting started (laughs) with life, which is is wild, Yeah, right? When you think about how most Black women who grew up in church are told you're going to be a wife, you're going to be a mother, you're going to serve God. And it's like, I was a wife. I didn't want to be his wife anymore. So now I'm not, right? Mm-hmm. I did not procreate. I have not birthed a baby out of my body yet. So much like Tracy Ellis Ross, right? We stay in her. Where's the joy? Where's yeah. the magic? How else am I mothering in the world, right? Mm-hmm. How else am I creating and birthing this book? Well, for one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. It's it's a fun time for me. Absolutely. It's a really fun time. Yeah. And having having experiences. I think that's something mm-hmm. that has really resonated with me and is becoming a big priority for me in this next season of my life is what do I want to experience? Mm, and mm-hmm. there are so many areas of life that I think are amazing. Being yeah. a wife, being a mother, mm-hmm. those are incredible things. And I would love to do those things eventually, mm-hmm. but there's also some other stuff that I want to right. experience first. And right. and that's okay. And it's also okay if you flip-flop it and do it the other way. Right. There's no yeah. one way to be. And I think sometimes we get very That's caught so up in these invisible milestones that mm. don't have to be what they are and don't have to be right. as limiting or as anxiety-inducing mm-hmm. as they are. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I think a lot of listeners are going to resonate with that because when I was seven years old, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was Christmas Day, and I sat at the living room coffee table And I wrote out my life. I said, I'm going to graduate Mm -hmm. from high school at 18. I'm going to go to Mm -hmm. college year round and graduate at 21. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get married at 23. I'm going to have my first kid at 25. I'm going to have my second kid at 27. Seven years old. Okay, all the toy kitchens and the dolls and the seeing my Caribbean mother, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, doting on her family nonstop. It took a hold in me, child. Yeah, yeah. And when I got to 27, I was I was I just going to grad school, maybe? 
Mm-hmm. Or it might have been a couple years out, but yeah, they let go of the you're supposed tos and the shoulds and the 30 and the 30s and the 40 and the 40s and the 90s and the 90s. Like just <laughs> yeah. trust the timing of your life. That has been the message that has been coming up for me yes. over and over. Oh, trust absolutely. The timing of your life. 100%. And I've also found that loosening up that grip a little bit has allowed space to invite in things that were even better than what I thought because we we have such a limited view. And if we create our own little Mm. timelines of how things have to be Mm -hmm. from our limited perspective and not allowing space for all that's possible, which is so much bigger than what we can see, Mm -hmm. we're closing ourselves off to so much. And I've I've had to – really get through to myself that just because I didn't write the plan doesn't mean there isn't a plan. And mm. I sometimes have to just allow myself to be open to receive things Preach that I can't less. see yet. <laughs> yes. Pass the offer plate. No, that's so good. <laughs> Especially, right, for those of us who are reconstructing a faith that feels yes. good to our entire being. Yes. This idea of cause and effect, well, mm-hmm. I sinned or I did this wrong or I fucked up and so God is pissed and I'm being punished and this is justice. Mm-mm, no, there is <laughs> a matrix of systems of oppression yeah. at yeah. work, right? A yeah. system that was designed to annihilate women that look like us. Mm-hmm. And here we are getting our degrees and starting our businesses and getting married and getting booed up platonically and loving (laughs) our sisters and traveling and, 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 right? And so there's so much joy in releasing this phantom notion, right? That you are attached to what you do, Mm -hmm. right? Your value is not based in your productivity, your value is inherent as who you are as a child of God. And there is nothing that you can do, say, be to make you unlovable. Mm. You do not have to earn God's love. You do not have to earn the love of enlightened people. And so my invitation to you, sis, (laughs) is to learn to not have to earn your self-love. Right. Mm. Are you making yourself jump through hoops? Are you contorting yourself so that you can love air quotes yourself when really loving yourself is affirming and accepting the actualized self that you are today, right now? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Are you making yourself (laughs) jump through hoops for self-love? LaVon. (laughs) (laughs) Perks are turning 40, girl. I'm about to fall out of this chair. And this is why I think there's this deep battle Mm -hmm. against women aging Mm -hmm. because this brilliance was not coming out of my mouth when I was 20. Okay. I was just trying to figure out which way was up (laughs) and how to cross the street. I am embracing it. I mean, first of all, my lineage gave me fantastic genes, so I don't actually look my age. You are although actually stunning. Like, <laughs> Thank liter- you. like literally drop dead gorgeous. And I'm there's so much more to you than looks, obviously. Brilliant <laughs> teacher, author, Emmy Award winner, okay, and period. also you're stunning. Thank <laughs> you. Like, 
all well, facts. <laughs> I am a reflection of you, beloved. You're absolutely gorgeous and even more beautiful in person, which is what we got to do since yes. October 2020. Yes. But yeah, I think that whether it's the beauty industry or Hollywood or patriarchy, mm-hmm. I think the idea that we're supposed to fear getting older mm-hmm. keeps us in a loop of trying to remain youthful. And that's not the divine design of our bodies. And I think in the lust for quote unquote youthfulness, our energy and our focus is in an area where instead of unfolding to the wild nature of womanhood, Mm -hmm. we're seeking for want to be accepted, right? Delusion of girlhood. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's been about popping my shit, owning my shit, taking up space, (laughs) right? Doing what feels good to me. And if you don't like it, that's you. I'm not responsible for any grown person besides me. So, And it's okay if people don't like some of the things we do. It is okay. Honey, baby. (laughs) I used to be a people pleaser. It was a trauma response. Mm -hmm. And once I stopped doing that, I started to flourish Mm. because... You know, there's another book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called Codependent No More. I haven't, but it's on my list. I've heard really good things about it. I know you're doing your romance, John. (laughs) But if there's any way to move that book closer to the top of your list, it it, less it's a game changer. Because so many of us think that we are in loving, healthy relationships and we're actually codependent. Mm -hmm. We're actually controlling. We're actually stepping in and trying to solve other people's problems when they didn't even ask for help. And then when they don't say thank you, when we fix the problem, we get upset, but they never Mm -hmm. asked you for help in the first place. That's codependency, beloved. Oh, that's one expression, excuse me, of codependency because there are hundreds. But yeah, game changer. (laughs) Yes. Adding, Shout out to adding, my therapist. up the list yeah. for sure. Dr. For Boy told sure. me about that. And ever since then, I'm like, yeah. oh, am I being codependent right now? Like, I've mm-hmm. stopped myself mid-conversation with friends mm-hmm. and been like, oh, wait, I'm being codependent. Never mind. Let me listen yeah. to what you said. Yeah. You said you're not hungry even though you haven't eaten all day. So I'm going to just go with what you said mm-hmm. and, and we'll keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about that, thinking about some of my own reflections on codependency, I've realized a lot of the times when I've been codependent, I was just chasing dopamine, (laughs) just trying to get a dopamine from a response from people or Mm -hmm. from attention or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. thinking that I needed a person or I needed them Mm -hmm. to behave in a certain way. And I I needed to just be aware of my own feelings (laughs) and and sit with what it was I was really looking for, which was usually dopamine. If if you really love me, you would do this. Mm-hmm. Or if you really cared about me, you wouldn't do that. And it's like, this person is this person. Yep. There is nothing that you can do, say, be, right? You cannot transform anyone. Yeah. I don't care how powerful <laughs> mm-hmm. you believe yourself to be. All that energy that you are inserting into this person's narrative could be used to love on yourself even more. Could be used yes. to love, you know, in my belief system, God, your ancestors, your community. So mm-hmm. for me, it's been an energy call in, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm calling back all that energy that's just out there. Mm-hmm knocking on doors that people have bolted shut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let it be. Let it Leave be. Leave it shut. 
Earlier, you mentioned something and you, and I think you kind of mentioned it again, but I would love to go back to this. You referred mm-hmm. to your spiritual team. Yes. <laughs> and I think you, I think you kind of named off a, a, a bit of your spiritual team just now. Can we talk a little bit more about your spiritual team and what it means to have a spiritual team? Why we need one? Yeah. So I am the daughter of Caribbean immigrants Mm -hmm. and I was raised in a church with a white Jesus. Mm -hmm. For those who may resonate, I was Episcopalian. So, you know, child, sit, stand, kneel. I was an (laughs) acolyte, altar girl, all that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we were celebrating Kwanzaa. At the same time, when an elder transitioned and became an ancestor, we were doing what's called a nine-night service, where in African cosmology, we believe that on the ninth night, that's when the spirit or the soul from the body departs and returns to the ancestral realm. Mm -hmm. They weren't talking about any of that in church, Mm -hmm. but we had embraced and retained these rites and rituals that are very African. (laughs) And there are other ways to see that throughout the Black church. For me, once I started to decolonize my faith and started to see my West African heritage as my birthright, I reclaimed Mm. it. So did some DNA testing, ethical, of course, and found out that on my mom's side, we're from Sierra Leone. And on Mm. my dad's side, we're from Angola. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, what did Sierra Leoneans believe? What Mm -hmm. did Angolans practice? And that led me to the ancient West African spiritual tradition of Ifa, which is a West African Yoruba tradition. Mm -hmm. And learning to embrace African cosmology has, first of all, given me depictions of divine Black womanhood, like Mm. the Black divine feminine, the African divine feminine, right? We don't often, well, let me speak for myself. In my childhood, I did not see depictions of the Black woman as divine. I just didn't. And so having that, I'm like, oh, shit, that's me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's really edifying and affirming. And so I believe that there is a creator. I believe in a higher power who put the stars in the sky and the birds got they chirp. I believe in that, just like that yeah. creator designed me. I believe that I was not created in a vacuum, right? When I look at my mom and I see my cheekbones in her, mm-hmm. I look at her mom and I see our cheekbones in my Nana. And yeah. I'm like, well, how far back does this go? Really, yeah. really, really fucking far. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so ancestors to me are these blood related, socially related, because you know, we black child. Mm-hmm. Just cause just because you call her auntie don't mean that's your mama's sister or your daddy's <laughs> sister. That's just what we call her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your mm-hmm. play cousins and yeah. And I believe that they want what's best for me because what's best for me is what's best for us. And so I talk to them. I have an ancestral altar. I put out food for them, coffee, liquor, weed, you name it, right? All the things. They like, stop telling them all our business, child. Okay, so, um, and then I also believe in community as an expression. I believe we are divinely designed to be in healthy, holistic healing community. And so that's one of the places where I find God, where, you know, whether it's two Black women meeting on the internet, (laughs) you know, co-creating audio programming or (laughs) folks that I dance with or folks that I worship with, like folks that I create art with, like that is where I see God's fingerprint all over. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those are some of my 
my spiritual team. (laughs) That is beautiful. Thank you. What I really appreciate about that is just how immersive it is that they are everywhere Mm. in your Mm -hmm. life. Every part of your life is touched and is a part of this spiritual team, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I was able to grow into that. It's been a journey, I would say Mm -hmm. probably 10 years at this point, where I first started having questions about like, well, who wrote this? Like, actually, you know, Mm -hmm. and the response would be, well, the Bible says, I'm like, no, no, no. I know what the verse says. I want to know what is it saying? Like, Mm. and and Paul, who is this Paul person? What kind of cereal did he like? Like, I need to know more about this brother (laughs) that we be quoting all the time, right? In church. And so being nosy, (laughs) being rebellious, like that's always been my nature. My mom will tell you, she's like, you've always had a big (laughs) mouth. So here we are. And it's been, it's been a really grueling, but really rewarding journey. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping that sense of curiosity, like, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier we talked about play and I think curiosity is a big part of play. And sometimes we can lose curiosity as adults. Oh, absolutely. Because we're supposed to have all the answers, right? Right. Yeah. What do you mean you don't know? What do you mean you'll get back to me? Like, Mm -hmm. how dare you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think curiosity keeps us growing and and keeps us learning. And that's something that I'm, you know, learning to embody and implement now because, you know, it's real easy to have certain conversations when you're in your bubble and you're around people who think exactly like you. And then some opportunity is going to come where it's unavoidable for you to engage someone who thinks differently from you, whether it's like just a smidge or way across the spectrum, right? So I am learning in the words of womanist ethicist and theologian, Reverend Dr. Monica Coleman, to assume a posture of inquiry, right? Ask who, what, where, when, why, how. Not you always, or this is the way it is. Because listen... I'm a Leo sun, <laughs> Pisces moon, Leo rising. Okay. Mm. I'm a Leo's Leo. I'm a leader. I will get the glory, right? But <laughs> I don't always know the answer and I can't override what other people think or believe, even if I think it's trash, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I have to just say, that's what you believe, mm-hmm. right? I don't believe in agree to disagree. I think that's a cop out, but I will say, right? Because if we're talking about... I can't even use that example. I was about to say, if we're talking about like, do you prefer sugar or salt in your grits? Like if you prefer sugar, I don't know. I'm going to have to block you on Instagram. I just feel like, (laughs) I just feel like there's something off. (laughs) I do too. I'm a savory grits person. I can't. Oh, some cheese, Mm -hmm. some butter, Mm -hmm. a little milk, black pepper. Hey, that feels good in my body. I'm doing a little rock, y'all. You can't see, but talking <laughs> about food makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Back to pleasure. <laughs> Back to pleasure. So, yeah, you know, uh, there are some things, okay, we can agree to disagree on because if you put sugar in your grits, chances are that is not contributing to my oppression or the oppression right. of trans women or black girls, right? Right. But when it comes to big shit matters of the world, Right. I'm a, I'm a need to have the dialogue. Now I know my limits. Okay. I'm not a teaching radical. I'm a radical. I'm out here. And if it (laughs) resonates with you, I'm not racial reconciliation. I'm not doing none of that. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not 
arguing and debating with people about the humanity of Black women, femmes, children. I'm not doing it. Period. So, <laughs> per. So if that's where you are, on to the next, right? Yeah. Yep. But yeah, that's, I'm a, I'm a trip. This is hilarious. <laughs> I love this for us. Okay. <laughs> I love it too. Everything that you just described is wisdom. I think mm, thank you. part of what getting older and wiser has meant to me is being mm-hmm. comfortable in what I don't know. Because when you're younger, mm. you feel like being grown is having all the answers and mm-hmm. you think you know everything. And that's why sometimes mm-hmm. in our 20s, we can get so rocked if we don't know the next right. step to take or the next thing to do because we think that right. that's what we're supposed to do. And the older you get, the more you're like, oh, actually, I don't really know anything. And that's okay. Right. And actually, the more you learn, the more you like, wait, I don't know. There's so right. much to know <laughs> exactly. in the world. Like, you really think you know everything. Right. The way these Google search results are set up, honey. <laughs> like, no. So I actually think that there were some barriers when we were children that prevented us from being curious, right? Mm-hmm. For oh, my yeah. mom, she was raised in a culture that was very children are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. So when she was mothering me and my brother, it was, oh no, what'd you say? Say it again. Ask me again. What else? What else? What else? Which is why I run my mouth now, right? But um, <laughs> if you were raised in a culture that said, don't ask me any questions, do as I say, not as I do, right? This fear of questions, right? I think it comes from a deep place. I think it comes from a long line of Black parents trying to protect their children. Mm -hmm. And if you just stay quiet, stay under the radar, don't draw attention, don't rock the boat, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But we are, thank God, healing beyond those wounds. And so... You know, look at us sitting here with our mics interrogating this. <laughs> just uh, less, just us showing up today is yeah. countercultural, right? Absolutely. In a culture that wants to silence Black women and tell mm-hmm. us that, you know, you got to have struggle love and you need to accept the bare minimum. Like, no, right. we're not doing that anymore. No. Again, <laughs> back to what we were saying earlier who benefits from that? Mm-hmm. Not us. Not us. Absolutely not us. Exactly. Something that I would also love to chat a bit about is obviously today is your book launch and we have, we've talked woo about woo. sensual faith. Amazing. You're also doing wonderful work to help other authors get going and get their yes. proposals going. And so I would love to hear more about why it's so important for us to get our, our voices heard in books particularly. OMG. So the publishing industry is notoriously white, right? There's this misconception that Black people, specifically Black women, do not read. And that's not true. We just talked about untrue. all the books we read. Right. There's a whole syllabus just in this episode, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, it's the fact of who has been traditionally published. If you're going to mm-hmm. publish white women, then chances are more white women are going to be reading white women. We want to see ourselves reflected in the pages. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, when I was writing Sensual Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body, I was excited for it to be published, but I didn't know what the publishing process was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And so I got not thrown into it because I have an agent. I'm a part of a big five, like public, like I have resources, you know, but even still, even as resourced Mm -hmm. as I am, I'm still coming up against what the hell? What do you mean? Why? How? Who? Right? So I talk to Black women, femmes, queer folks, non-gender conforming folks, and they're like, you know, 
I I just want to get a nice advance and take a year off. And honey, nobody takes time off to write. Yeah. And if you're an author, it's often, or the people who do, it's usually white women who are married to a rich white man. That's usually who has the privilege of being able to just focus on writing full time. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, because I think we're such innate storytellers and healers and community centered people, there are so many of us who want to share our story to inspire the world. And that is beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Also, and... Publishing is an industry, which means they want to make money. They want to know, how are you going to sell this book? So being a fantastic writer, sorry to be, not sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm delighted to be the one to let you know that Mm -hmm. that is not enough. Yeah, Being a great writer is not enough to be a best-selling author. Mm -hmm. You have to have a platform. You have to be able to communicate your words in a way that a book agent or a publisher is going to quote unquote get it. And so what I've been able to do is via the editors who helped me, my friends who were published authors for years and years before me, they would send me, here's this template, here's this resource, here's this website. And so I have all these tools, tips, tricks, experience. And I'm like, let me tell the whole truth. I needed a stream of income. And my ancestors told me, mm-hmm. do a book proposal challenge. Mm-hmm. Teach Black women and femmes and those who support us yes. how to package their book idea in a way that the traditional public industry is going to receive it. Amazing. Because just writing the book is not enough. You actually do not need to finish your manuscript in order to get a book deal. And mm-hmm. there are just all these myths that I was hearing people say about the advance, about the publishing process, about who gets what. And I was like, you know what, y'all just come gather around, gather around. Let's talk about this, right? Let me help you, right? Help yourself by letting me help you get this book idea out of your head and onto the page. Because the sooner we can do that, the sooner we can get this in the hands of an agent or a publisher, the sooner we can get more Black women, femmes, queer folks, our stories out into the world. Because that's what we want and that's what we deserve. Yes. 100%. Thank you so much for for doing that work to Mm -hmm. help us understand the process and get our stories out into the world. Ain't no gatekeeping over here. I have nothing to benefit by keeping this wisdom to myself. I want all of us free, free. When I say free, I mean free as hell. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so if this is a part of my lane, it's a part of my lane. I'm happy to do it. I'm grateful to do it. Yeah. I'm honored to do it. Beautiful. Well, we will link information for the book proposal challenge in our show notes. You're also giving us a code, right? If people are interested, you can a little code for us. Yes. Y'all use the code LESS for 15% off. I have the book proposal challenge, which is a three-night experience. So that's really just to get the book idea out of your head and onto the page. And then I have a 30-day container where you'll get your full book proposal, 25 to 35 pages or so done. So that that you can query agents and publishers and get on this publishing journey, honey. (laughs) These are amazing, amazing resources. LaVon, you Mm -hmm. are helping us do it all. You are helping us get in touch with ourselves. You're helping us decolonize our faith. You're helping us get our books out into the world. So we'll keep it all linked in the show notes to make it super easy for folks to Mm -hmm. find. 
Thank you so much. It feels good to show up and have my people see me and us to create these shared mutual learning experiences because I believe this is what God had in mind when God created us to be in our purpose and our power and to be seen, affirmed, celebrated, and loved for it and to have a lot of fucking fun along the way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Emphasis on the fun. (laughs) Emphasis on the lavish, opulent, abundant, prosperous fun. Sacred fun. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, (laughs) so good. LaVon, thank you so much. Congratulations again. Happy book launch day. Thank Thank you you for spending book launch day with us. Oh my goodness. I appreciate you so much, Les. Uh, I appreciate you. I'm so proud of you. And I just am so happy that, that you're here and appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. You're worthy, beloved. (laughs) Now, what did I tell you? Wasn't that a great conversation? Like LaVon's spirit just comes through the headphones and gives you a hug. (laughs) Please make sure you check out her amazing new book, Sensual Faith, and listen to both of her incredible podcasts, Sensual Faith and Sanctified, which is all linked in the show notes. Now, in addition to LaVon's info, we have more resources in the show notes, as well as discount codes from our amazing sponsors like Element, Aloe Moves, and ZocDoc. When you use our codes, that lets brands know that you came from Bounce Black Girl, and it helps us so much. Huge thanks to our sponsors for supporting today's show, for LaVon, for joining us and writing her incredible book, and to you for listening. Next week, I'm coming at you solo to talk more about reading for self-care, how reading has transformed how I take care of myself, and my life-changing 25 by 25 experiment. So you're going to want to come back on Tuesday and tap in.